Hello, Tom Myers here. If you're like me and you've got a lot to say, a lot of stories to share, a lot of opinions to give, then listen up. I'm going to talk about something that's going to take your passion for podcasts to the next level. I'm talking about the 7 Million Bikes podcast course. This is the podcasting course you need. Imagine having the skills, the knowledge, and the confidence to create, produce, and grow a successful podcast. And you're not doing it alone. I'm talking about Neil Mackay, the podcast guy, founder of 7 Million Bikes Podcasts. He knows what it takes to turn your passion into a podcast that stands out. He's going to guide you through everything from podcast ideas that resonate to nailing that audio production and even editing your episodes like a pro. With 23 tutorials and over three hours of video content, this course is packed with practical tips, real-world examples, and everything you need to know to get started. Just $97 for a wealth of knowledge that'll set you up for podcasting success it's a no-brainer think about it less than a hundred bucks to unleash your creativity share your story and potentially even turn your passion into a profitable business people like ian payton who's taken the course launched their own podcast and already in the top 10 percent of podcasts worldwide and you could be next the seven million bikes podcast course is your ticket to podcasting greatness. Go to the link in my show notes right now and let's make your podcasting dream a reality. Hi, I'm A.A. Ron, the owner and producer of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. Bombing Run, the original comedy combat game show. It's an hour's worth of comedians clashing with their jokes. And soon to be released, Orbs Wacky World, a talk show with a twist. It will be a mix of comedy, unusual questions and music with orb as the host oddly funny productions we might be odd but we bring the funny to you that's a-w-d-l-y funny productions hey everyone it's me again if you're tired of listening to this show with all these ads in the way go ahead and subscribe to my patreon in addition to listening to this show without the ads you also get extended versions of these episodes and bonus clips as well doesn't cost that much you can get plans for as low as one dollar a month you can show the love and your support just go to patreon.com slash tom myers spelled m-y-e-r-s and subscribe and listen and enjoy today again that's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Tom Myers versus the rest of the world. Joe Biden named Judge Katanji Brown Jackson to be his nominee for the United States Supreme Court. He made that decision while he was dealing with Russia invading Ukraine. That shows he knows how to multitask, as opposed to Trump, whose idea of multitasking was wiping his ass on the toilet while eating a Big Mac. (laughs) Biden gives his State of the Union speech this week. I should say at the time of recording this, the speech has not been given yet. But I can already tell you the Republican response will be that Biden's infrastructure bill that he signed will cause migrants to be able to walk across new bridges, walking past defunded police who can't stop them because they're too busy using their empty service weapons for a penis bump and orgasming whenever a migrant drops dead because of a heat stroke. People often ask me why I make fewer jokes about Joe Biden than I did about Donald Trump. See, in order to do a great Joe Biden joke, it helps to mimic the way he speaks. But seeing as he overcame a stutter as a child, the joke would be considered 
punching down, which is why I don't want to do that. Plus, if you offend someone who stutters, they take a long time to tell you why they're offended. Airlines are asking the Justice Department to create a national no-fly list for unruly passengers. Eight Republican senators objected to it, saying it would mean less Republicans and Trump supporters would be allowed on flights. And the bad news would be a potential trucker convoy in Washington, D.C. was stopped because the truckers couldn't get through traffic jams. God bless you, fellow Maryland drivers. You're finally being useful. Donald Trump's accounting firm dropped him as a client, saying their financial statements they prepared could no longer be relied upon. That's probably overcautious. Sure, they may have broken the law, but accountants really aren't in that good physical shape to be attractive to their cellmates. <laughs> I realized that joke probably should have gone in the last episode, but I have a policy. No prison sex jokes in two consecutive episodes. <laughs> Some lines you just don't cross. Queen Elizabeth II tested positive for COVID-19. If the ghost of Princess Diana really wanted revenge, her spirit would have infected the queen before the vaccine. Tesla founder Elon Musk is facing new accusations of racism at his company. I always thought he preferred his slurs to be kept to his choice of comedy podcasts and not in his business practices. <laughs> Paul Rubens asked his Twitter followers what they thought of his replica of a football stadium that he made of sandwiches prior to the Super Bowl. I think no one's wanted to watch anything on a big screen with him since 1991. <laughs> I don't even think that was mayonnaise he put on those sandwiches. Aaron Rodgers and Shailene Woodley called off their engagement. It stands to reason that if Aaron Rodgers won't take one shot, he certainly doesn't deserve a second. <laughs> and now on with the show. Please join me in welcoming Jeff Heisen, Abby Mello, Gina Brown, and Chip Jones. Hey. Everyone, welcome back. How was everyone's two weeks? I just found out something, uh, Abby. We've been doing this. This is about our 40th podcast with Tom. And I just realized that this Tom Myers is not the Tom Myers who's the host of the Bowery Boys podcast about the history of New York. No wonder we spend so much time talking about the history of Harford County. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think the Bowery, to be fair, has produced any presidential assassins, whereas Harford <laughs> County has. So really, I'm just trying to improve the image of this. <laughs> Abby, how about yourself? Um, not much. I, did I tell you guys I started uh, Invisalign braces? So I'm <laughs> kind of slurry. Yeah. Um, but what's super fun about it. So she like goes through the whole thing. She tells me how many hours a day I need to, you know, wear them and all the whole spiel. And then I go to leave and I'm like making my next appointment and she comes running back out and she's like, oh, by the way, by the way, I just wanted to let you know, it's totally normal for your teeth to get loose in the first month. And then she just walks away. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what? that's like every panic dream. Everyone like loose teeth are like a thing that people stress dream about. And this is going to be my real life now. Did, did you get braces or did you no, have the crystal like... meth? What, what is it? <laughs> Invisalign. Invisalign. Speaking of Harford County. <laughs> <laughs> so when uh, she says loose, does she mean like they'll be on the floor and you got to pick them up loose? Or I mean, what, I what? don't know. She was just like, it's <laughs> totally normal. And then she walked away. <laughs> 
you may notice something in my speech. I didn't get Invisalign braces, but I started day drinking. So sometimes. <laughs> That's one of the prerequisites to doing this show, I think. <laughs> Gina, how about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. Just, you know, lots of different things going on. All good creative stuff. So having fun. Well, I was on, uh, I actually took a vacation for the first time in about, I'd say 10 years last week. So I, I, I did this thing where I just completely, you know, shut off, the, you know, from social media, just kind of disconnected from everything. And then when I get back, it's like, we're all preparing for World War Three. So that's what happens when I Right. When, when I drop out for a few days. So right. It's myself. on you. The war is on that's you. It. That's right. right. I'm like, okay, I'm not doing this shit again. Right. <laughs> Tom's not looking. Let's attack. That's right. Putin, right. Putin right. was waiting for your social media to go dark. And he's like, all right, let's go. Right. You know, historians say never attack Russia in the winter and never attack when Tom Myers is on social media. <laughs> I'll find you. I have free time. <laughs> Joe Rogan's fans say he's just saying things that no one else would dare say. And by no one else, they mean every white guy in his 60s wearing an American flag T-shirt, a get her done hat and drinking light beer at a barbecue. So in, in order to do the show prep for this episode, I found he's attacked Bill Gates because Bill Gates suggested we could all eat synthetic meat. So mm. Joe Rogan attacked him for that. Meanwhile, this is a guy who spent his entire COVID convalescence chugging horse deworming medication and then i think he i think samuel jackson's now pissed off at him for using the n-word and then well, he, say he doesn't care he doesn't care right he, he doesn't care about his apology you know the fact that he that he felt so free to use it is the problem it's not about right. anything else but the thing with joe rogan is he's not presenting himself as a comedian on his podcast show he's presenting himself as a commentator and presenter and and Getting back to what I was going to say about Tom, he he isn't just couched in, you know, before the war, because I don't know if you saw this thing where he posted that Steven Seagal was was working with the Russians. So it's like he's 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 willing to be wrong even during wartime. Are you saying that there's an, a news element to what he does <laughs> there? Well, that that's that's what America sees now, because America has become the lines are blurred now when people look at tucker carlson they see tucker carlson as a news person not a commentary person and that's wrong i mean back in the old days when we were young jeff you had the nightly news and they would tell you and now a commentary from you know and there was a clear delineation between what was news and what was someone's opinion we don't have that anymore People see people's opinion as news. And in fact, the news does it. You know, they'll tell you what what are what are people polling or what are they saying on Twitter? It's like, is that news? I mean, you're telling me what people think. And now, so, now this idea of what people feel and think is now considered hard news. That's a scary, you know, that that's that's where we get to the point where people have their own reality. Everyone's got their own reality of what's what's fact and not it's like uh, there's a problem there so people believe joe rogan and they believe the people he puts on his show exactly and, and that's a product of our times now exactly. he would say that's not my responsibility that's his defense his defense is why are you listening to me 
Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I somewhat agree with that. I don't, I don't, I don't subscribe to anything that he says. I don't like him, but I don't like a, things that a lot of people say. So what? Like I, there is a part of me that's just like, let the buyer beware. Like if he's dropping information and you have decided that this is something that is gold and you want to buy it, that's on you. You might be an idiot, but that's on you to be one. So I, I don't, in this case with power comes responsibility. I, you know, yeah. and I could talk about things that I know absolutely nothing about. And someone could look up my credentials and say, oh, well, she's a college professor. She must know what she's talking about when I don't know a goddamn thing about what I'm talking about. Exactly. So with that power comes the responsibility to be clear when you don't know what the fuck you're talking about or say, this is my opinion. And then and, and you go to the legitimizing the platforms of the crazy people that he's bringing on with that power. And when you bring that person on, you are especially when you stay as neutral as he's proud of himself for being, you're legitimizing that crazy, stupid opinion. Being the self-appointed guardians of what all people think, regardless of their lack of knowledge of backgrounds or the circumstances surrounding the environmental factors in one's upbringing, the standard mostly vanilla panels on Fox Entertainment's so-called news channel give their thoughts on what non-white people think of the Joe Rogan controversy, as Greg Gutfeld demonstrates in this clip. What that discussion showed you, it's all about getting him fired. The first attempt, which was uh, on uh, COVID information, didn't work. So then miraculously, this this uh, montage just shows up from maybe a Democratic pack. No one's quite sure. But it tells you that it is not about the word. Um, I don't think Stelter and Acosta give a damn about the N-word. They just want that scalp because CNN is dying. They're losing it. And they tried They tried to bring uh, uh, a Joe down and they couldn't do it. The thing is, when you look at uh, the, the Rogan montage, it looks bad, but it's designed to look that way. If you take out all the, if you put all the contacts, contacts back in, it actually looks less bad. <laughs> I've noticed that there, are, there aren't a lot of blacks caring about this story. It's only white liberals and white leftists who want to bring down Rogan. And I think maybe it's because blacks see that the word is being used as a tool, not that, not the word being offensive itself, but the fact that they this is a this is manufactured for a for a different mission than the rejection of the word. It's about going after somebody or else they would have included the context. Why didn't you include the context? I like to think that that Fox camera person was was trolling Greg Gutfeld when he was mentioning like, you know, oh, oh black people really don't the care blacks. about this issue mm -hmm. as the camera widens to an all white panel. These are the people who should be removed. Like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> what he's saying is that black people don't really care about the use of the oh. N word. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, so that's I think that that's uh, an untruth, right? Yeah, yes, um. I, I would say so. <laughs> I think it's an untruth. Well, what do I know? What do I know as a black person? I mean, right, right. Oh I mean, it's definitely an untruth. But again, I think sometimes I think, and 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 I don't think he was saying this. I, I, I'm saying sometimes we do give um, more power to things that don't necessitate getting power. Like in, I. I think it's just because I don't care about Joe Rogan right. enough to give a damn what he says either way, because right. he, he is a nothing. But 
I guess if I was somebody who thought, you know, people were following and I know that they are, but the people who are following him are just like him. So if they weren't following him, they'd follow the former president. There were other people that they could look up to. After the uh, COVID issues arose with him, a liberal media group created a supercut of him saying the n-word what chip a dozen times uh, more than that i think i think it was yeah. closer to 50 or something yeah. like that i mean and, I, and I then think... you had then you had on the video a white guy on fox news saying that black people don't care about it well, what he was saying basically what he was saying is that more important to black people than joe rogan saying the n-word is the fact that somebody put this together to attack him which right. i'm not really sure is true you know yeah, chip that was going to be my point exactly is that he seems to be arguing that and let's be clear he did not say black people he right. said the blacks, <laughs> the blacks. Um, that Good that point. his whole point right. is that like Black people are just seeing right through this liberal media agenda. Right. And that's why yeah. they don't care. Not because they're just so fucking exhausted with so everything tired. else. It's right. like <sighs> this this reminds this reminds me, you know, of our home team, our home football team's old name. People would always throw up the idea, you know, these surveys, how they 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 surveyed Native Americans to find out what they thought about the name of the football team. And it would always fall, you know, like around fourth or fifth. And they'd say, see, Native Americans really don't care about this issue. You know, it's only like fifth in what they care about. But they never tell you, well, what's the stuff that they care about right. above that? It, well, right. you know, employment, being right. fed, you know, right. housing. Right. And it's like, <laughs> okay. Right. It gets so, being kicked off their one. land and mocked yeah. by white so, people. Like, you so, know, so I mean, that's, that's a pretty because, big... Because it's not all the way up there with the things that keep them alive, then they really don't care about it. It's like, they care yeah. about it, but you know, put it in context. You know, it's like... Yeah. Joe Rogan is not the only comedian to cater to the small and dwindling COVID denial crowd as this excerpt from Jim Brewer's recent special shows us. And everyone that wants to talk to you about facts and science. <laughs> no, you should be fat. That's all I see when they talk like that. No, this is real. It's the facts because I researched it. There's <laughs> a like little parakeet just waiting for the news to come on, walking in there. Ah! And then the news comes on. Ah, 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 Dr. Fauci's on, Dr. Fauci's on. Ah. Two masks, three masks, three masks, two masks. Ah. Vaccine, 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 vaccine. Wear the mask. Ah. Numbers are going up, numbers are going up. Ah. I hope I don't get myself sick. I have to say, as someone who owned parakeets or who grew up in a house with them, that's technically not a parakeet. If anything, that is an African gray parrot on acid. <laughs> Why is it got to be African? Huh? Why is it? Gotta... Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> the problem with Brewers, it's the same thing I have with Bill Maher, is that it's it's good comedy, but it's not good policy, you know? 
I didn't they, even see it was good comedy. They, they, <laughs> they, 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 come, they try to collapse everything down to make it, you know, to over-exaggerate, you know, three masks, two masks. It's like this pandemic has evolved, you know, what used to work at the beginning didn't work at the end, you know, and, and, and people learn stuff along the way. And yet they, they throw this stuff out like, you know, this was stupid, you know, having people wear masks. You know, Bill Maher's on this big joke about, yeah, what's the deal with masks? You got to wear them when you come into a restaurant and when you're walking through the restaurant. But when you sit at your table, suddenly it's not a problem. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, that's scientific, you know? I don't think the people who enjoy Jim Brewer uh, have, the, have the ability to make that distinction. Well, that's fair. the thing is that they, they, they laugh. And so they encourage this lack of understanding. Jim Brewer wasn't even telling jokes there. <laughs> and so some, some, some dope spent $12 plus a two drink minimum to watch him do that. And that's, that is awful. But it, but it reinforced what that Joker felt. So that's why, that's why they like it because it re it's like, like we talked about the, the people choosing their news it's it's all about being right and being reinforced in what you believe. It was also called "You risked your life to be here." Yeah, people at home can't see that. That was what that clip was called. So yeah. he's making fun of the fact that these people have quite possibly literally risked the lives of immunocompromised right. other people to be <laughs> exactly. there, and that's what he called this clip. Yeah, with comedy succumbing to the wants and desires of internet users. The intent of creating more content and gaining more followers has an unintended consequence. As this news report about a Twitch streamer being kicked out of a rideshare shows us. A YouTube star who calls himself Asian Andy is famous for his outrageous comedy. Well, his fans pay to post whatever they want and Andy plays the remarks in public. But tonight, critics say a recent session went way too far and was highly offensive to Jewish people. KCOMLINE's Crystal Cruz has a story for us tonight. Crystal. Hi, Susie. It all started in a rideshare. Asian Andy got into a car, and the rideshare driver did not like what was going on. He kicked him out, and tonight we're hearing from both the driver and what Asian Andy has to say about the whole thing. I'm pretty sure the Holocaust never happened. Why do we always hear about it? When YouTube star Asian Andy live-streamed viewer comments from a speaker during a rideshare, it didn't go over well with the driver. Hitler did nothing wrong. Wait, wait, wait. Get out of my car. <laughs> rideshare driver Aaron Weirich is Jewish. All Jews are my family. And, you know, my family lost six and a half million people in the Holocaust. And I have a good sense of humor, but, you know, when you, when you talk about slavery, you talk about the Holocaust, things like that, I simply can't. You know, I can't stand for that. So he had to go. Asian Andy's YouTube channel has more than 30 million views and says it isn't meant to be hateful, but it's filled with outrageous stunts and comments viewers pay to post that many may find offensive. It's more of like a, um, just like just playing on the outrageousness of the circumstances. Andy says he understands why Aaron got upset. Oh, 100%, yeah. It, um, it's a really, it's 100% understandable, and I, I sympathize with him. People that want to forget this, people that want to make light of this, this is how it's going to happen again. I mean, this is the equivalent of, like, the audience member coming up to you after your set and saying, hey, you should use such and such in your set, whereas, you know, it's that as opposed to the, for, to the performers creating the content, which is 
how it should be done. They should give that uh, that Uber driver a his own podcast right. and put it, it and put it on Spotify. Uh, but but this this is also uh, one of the problems with this gen our generation now is that everything runs on controversy. I mean, the fact that it's on the nightly news, the reason they put it on there is because there's a conflict there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, kudos to the driver. I think in this one, like. I mean, again, it's it's even goes back to my comments on the other one to some degree where the speech is should be free. He's he, the the driver is also that's his business. So he's respond. He is well within his rights to be like, look. I mean, you can say what you want, but you're not going to do it in my business. Get exactly. out. I mean, technically, yeah. isn't this some form of workplace harassment? <laughs> or or well, maybe, but. I don't know that they're covered. I don't know. Cringe content comes in all forms. Even content devoid of any type of humor can spell the downfall of what's left of the internet and therefore humanity. As these clips of grown male My Little Pony enthusiasts show us. <laughs> when I was a little Philly, ponies were for little girls. When I was a little Philly, kids used to play outside. Now they just sit around on their iPods and iPads and iKitchens and i everything else. That's a problem. When I was a little Philly, Ponies used to be for little girls. Now they're a men's thing, and I love it. When I was a little Philly, I decapitated people with my Twilight Sword, only for $95. All right, when I was a little Philly, ponies were hand-drawn with love and tolerance, and they had plots, and they had colors, and they had storyline, not like these newfangled ponies drawn on computers, all flat and colors. Who cares about these new ponies? All right, when I was a little Philly, we didn't have My Little Pony. We had Army Men. Uh, my sisters had Barbie dolls, but if there had been Milo Pony, I'm afraid to say we probably would have pulled their heads off or shaved their their manes. Uh, how things have changed. I was at Target and I found a My Little Pony Adventures and Canterlot Jumbo Coloring Book and Activities Book. Now, when I bought this, I couldn't actually go through it because I kind of had to just take it and run and go pay for it. Anyway, when I opened it up and I started looking at the things, I was offended. Not by the childish activities and such they had in here, but honestly because of just Hasbro's inability to actually market to its true, you know, demographic. Anyway, so the first one that I come up to is how many. Count the items below and place your answer on the line. They have how many sons and then blank sons. Now, the funny thing is they actually thought they had to have an answer key. If you can uh, see that answer, nine sons. And, you know, like, like stuff like this. I mean, do they even watch the show before they put this crap together? I mean, Pony Maze help Princess Celestia fly to the sun and the moon. She she banished her sister to the moon. Why is she flying there? She never flies to the moon to say hello to her banished sister. OK, it's it's bullcrap like that. You know, and honestly, there's a lot of pages, really cool pages to color, you know, so that that's what I'm going to do. But just I, I maybe you're thinking I'd look too much into the activities in this book, but I just thought it was insulting to me, you know, and, and Hasbro, you're never, ever going to make any money off the show unless you actually realize who's watching the show, who's going to buy your stuff. Anyway, go buy it. It's still fun. See you later. I mean, there is so much. There is, there is so much to unpack in that, in that clip right there. It is, it like, is. first off, I would feel very. 
I, I would feel very sorry for the person at the Better Business Bureau who has to handle like the case of the My Little Pony coloring book. Oh my gosh! Wait, but, but I mean, I mean, this thing definitely is is touted as cringeworthy, and the problem I have with that is because I know the marketing of cringe, the real cringe for the public is the idea of these guys that are into this, you know, that they are so fanatic about it. And they are, because I mean, even this guy that is bemoaning and bitching about everything about this at the end says, get it, you know, right? he's a true fan. It's like, okay, it sucks, but it's my little pony. Still get it. You'll like it. You know, <laughs> it's like, but oh. I'm sure, I'm sure if you looked at the comments, the cringe where the other people that are saying untoward shit about guys liking My Little Pony. Okay, so, so let's take this full circle. They're not harming anybody. That's a that's a very good point, Abby. That's very empathetic of you. They're not hurting anybody. We may find it to be odd. I'm lamenting today that my fake baseball team, my fantasy baseball team, isn't going to happen soon, if not the rest of the year. You could say that's weird too. That doesn't hurt anybody. They're, they're, the people on the videos love for that doesn't hurt anybody. Women have a, I've heard so many negative comments about like, I remember when like baby Bjorn started becoming a thing and it was all like these jokes about dads wearing their babies and blah, you know, whatever happened to real men where like, you know, but it's, <laughs> it comes from women just as much. It's really sad. Yeah, it does. I also just want to say, look, if you really want to see disgusting and cringe, like we've all, you can just go on Netflix and and watch and just like that. Okay. Like if you really want to see incredibly cringeworthy content, any scene with Miranda in it, cringeworthy and disgusting. There are women enjoying life in New York City. They're not harming anybody. You have not seen the show, sir. <laughs> and on that note, that's our show. I want to thank Jeff Heisen, Abby Mello, Gina Brown, and Chip Jones. Hey, hey. thank you, Tom. But before we go, my final thought. During my vacation last week, I was enjoying peace and quiet, secure in the knowledge that I had no responsibilities that needed my tending. While traveling during a drive through some of the quaintest farmland this country has to offer, I spotted an older gentleman in overalls getting his mail. The mailbox itself looked to be about as old as he was, but he didn't seem bothered. Unlike the rest of us, for this farmer, life is simple. He wakes up, does his tasks, provides for his family, sees his wife off to bed, and heads back out to the barn to the chicken coop and engages in the wildest acts of bestiality that can ever take place in that small town. It's the only pleasure that farmer gets in his life, for he entered a marriage that was doomed from the start. It is loveless, a marriage of convenience, for the only reason the farmer is married is because in the county in which he lives, he is unable to be single and own female animals. The carnal activity excites the chickens, who, as a result, start laying an unprecedented number of eggs. Only one chicken is perturbed by this occurrence, but mainly because he's the only one with whom the farmer doesn't even bother to wear a condom. And if this sounds crude to you, just consider that cross-species hybrids are already walking among us. If you don't believe me, just check with the aging boomer generation. If you look at any of their selfies on Instagram, you will see they already have the lizard skin and the duck lips. I'm only joking, of course. I never saw that old farmer grabbing his mail. 
he had a drone decorated with three percenter and Infowars stickers that does that for him. And that drone is armed with a semi-automatic rifle. <laughs> Besides, the farmer has work to do, and those chickens won't pleasure themselves. Good night. This episode was written and hosted by Tom Myers with panelists Jeff Heisen, Abby Mello, Gina Brown, and Chip Jones. Theme music by Euron Vandenherrick. Executive producers, Tom Myers, Matt Connerton for IPM Nation, and Eddie Carson for Odyssey Radio. Thank you for listening, and please visit TomMyers.us. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you want to listen to more of this episode, go ahead and subscribe to my Patreon. There you can get extended versions of episodes like this one, as well as bonus clips. You can even listen to regular episodes without all these pesky little ads through which you have to fast forward. Doesn't really cost that much. Plans as low as $1 a month. Go to patreon.com slash Tom Myers, spelled M-Y-E-R-S. Show the love, subscribe, show your support today. That's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Hi everyone. I'm Orb. I am not the official spokesperson for Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. A-A-Ron is tied up right now. Shut up, I'll untie you in a minute. Here at Oddly, we're producing some great shows. Bombing Run, where comedians compete to see who's Joker Ace. And Orb's Wacky World, a talk show with a mix of comedy, uncomfortable questions, and music hosted by yours truly. When you think of comedy, think of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y, funny productions. Now, how do I get out of here? Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now.